0: All righty, welcome back to the Vancouver Boys Podcast. It's so nice to finally be home and be able to be in the same room as you guys. (laughs) i bet it is. Yeah, I'm sitting here with Marcus and Jake. How are you guys? What's going on, guys? Doing pretty good. How are you, Tyler? Magnificent. Oh,
1: good. Well, I've had this question that's just been burning in my mind all week, and that's, Tyler, how's the weather where you are? Why don't you turn (laughs) around and look? (laughs) Hey, would you look at that? (laughs) It's pissing rain.
2: (laughs) Man, you brought the weather with you, but we're so happy to have you back in studio with
1: us. This is awesome.
2: Super nice to be able to all be in the same place and get a recording done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah 100%. This Much was,
1: easier. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll reference this later, but we had some technical difficulties with this
2: one. Yeah. We but still are having technical <laughs> <Yeah, full laughs> difficulties. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, at least we're recording this, and uh, if you have to listen to this on full blast, apologies, but uh, next week we'll definitely get that all figured out. It's not for a lack of effort. I'm four inches away from <laughs> Tyler's face,
1: so this is as good as it's going to get, folks. Uh... Speaking of how awful our podcast is, we have a fake sponsor to tell you about because we're not good enough to get a real one yet. Um, if you are looking to sponsor us for any reason, uh, or you just want to say hi, uh, feel free to reach out via email at VancouverBoysHockey at gmail.com or reach out to us on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast. Getting into our fake sponsor of this week, our fake sponsor of the week for the Vancouver Boys Podcast is the Edmonton Oilers. They have a special message for our viewers, but they weren't able to tell us because they are still choking.
2: <laughs> oh, man. You know what? Welcome to the Edmonton Oilers, like, roast. Yeah, that's going to be a
1: pretty good part of this episode, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what's going on, Tyler? <laughs> oh, I love it. I love yeah. it. Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Why, why don't you start us off? What's our first yeah, topic Yeah, let's Tyler? get into
0: the docket. What's, what's going on? Okay, well... First things first, I would love to uh, thank SportsCast for Top 60 for podcasts. So that's uh, that's pretty impressive. That's right. Uh, We want to thank our listeners
1: out there who've... uh, You guys actually brought us into the Top 60 SportsCasts in Canada. Mm. Uh, We're so thankful. And if you are one of the ones who listened to Episode 6 and then didn't listen to Episode 7 fuck you, you plummeted <laughs> us out of the top 200, so, but but that 15 minutes of fame will forever have gone to my ego, so thank you.
2: Yeah, no, but seriously, it's been a lot of fun recording this podcast, and to see how many people listen, and uh, come back every week, send us messages, really incentivizes us to keep recording, and keep having so much fun.
0: Alright, so we're gonna jump into the Canucks a little bit to start off here. There's not a whole lot to talk about, but we're going to start with the uh, Travis Green and Ian Clark situation. So, Marcus, if you want to take us away from that. Yeah, what's the update there? Well, Travis Green has been signed, which I'm happy about.
1: Ian Clark hasn't, and Ian Clark is our goaltender coach, for those of you who don't know. And uh, I'm a little bit worried that they're going to try to go without him because every goalie we've had has said he's amazing, and the goalies we've had that have left have fallen off statistically, and they largely credit him to their success. So really hoping they get a deal done with him. I'm glad we have Green back for another two years. He's a phenomenal coach. The players seem to like playing for him. So the whole fan base should be pretty happy about
2: that. What do you think about like the term though? Do you think two years is enough? Do you think it's not enough? Um, I think it makes sense
1: for him just because he's a relatively new coach in the league. He's worked up through a minor system. Again, we're happy to have him up, but we, we've only seen him develop teams. We haven't seen him bring a constructed team into a spot of contention, and that two-year contract will end right at the point where management can decide if they think he's capable of that or
0: not. I uh, I do think Green is a great coach. I like what he's done with the players, and the players seem to like him, so um, hopefully he can. the management will keep him around long enough to be able to pursue the playoffs with the team that he's building and gaining trust with, so we'll see where that goes from there.
2: Yeah, I'm a I'm an advocate of the fact that I think it's a good deal because it's not a super long term extension for him. Um, I think that like you mentioned, he still has to prove himself, but also because the Canucks have never really had a solid coach since Elaine Vigneault, he kind of has this like weird measuring stick where it's really hard for a lot of Canucks fans to um, look at him and evaluate him um, without like and having someone to compare him to. So. Uh, you know, these next few years will definitely be a good uh, a telling of if he, whether or not he's going to stick around in the long term. And the other thing is that if they do decide to move on from him, um, they can still, you know, move him and not end up eating a bunch of salary when they do move him out or a bunch of money, I guess, because he's a coach.
1: Well, now that all the sad Canucks news is out of the way, uh, should we jump right into the playoffs? And yeah, should a little... we talk
2: about how your bracket is just, like, busted and now oh
1: you're definitely God. losing? Okay, which, which <laughs> one of us didn't make a terrible bracket, though? Like, um, didn't all of our brackets in some way or another kind of fall apart? Because I, I think I got two series wrong for sure, yeah. and it remains to be seen what happens with a couple other series still. We are, uh, for those of you who aren't watching the live stream right now, we are currently watching Nashville, Carolina. Jake is barely paying attention to the podcast. (laughs) That's not true. (laughs) He heard that. Uh, But uh, it's currently tied 1-1 in the first period. Jake's on the edge of his seat, and so are me and Tyler because we both picked Carolina to move on. Jake had a lot of faith in Nashville. Yeah, you got to, though. You got to.
2: I'm, I'm a strong believer that, you know, you ride or die with a team... And uh, you at least picked them to win a round, because <laughs> that's all I picked. Well, they're currently out shooting Carolina 6-4, to
0: four, so things are looking good. I've had one team move on from... My- <laughs> 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 and uh, my Stanley Cup finalists are... are <laughs> winners? No, 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 Stan. <laughs> my Stanley Cup winners... Champions, yeah. ...have been eliminated. <laughs> God damn it, Florida. <laughs> Might have cost me, now i got to wear like a Bobrovsky jersey or something, <laughs> we'll see. But uh, I'm still rooting for the Avalanche to get to the finals, so that might save me. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, I think um, like the only series that I've really kind of blown so
2: far um, was the Pittsburgh one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's... It. Oh, and obviously the Winnipeg-Edmonton one, which we'll definitely get into more detail later on. That stick
1: stick with us for the second half of the show. Most of it's probably going to be
2: about that. Yeah, or, you know, the back 90% that's left in this show might just be about that. But yeah, personally, I've I've been doing okay. Um, and the only... Yeah, like I said, the only series that I haven't picked right so far, uh, neither of you guys have either. So I'm doing okay so far.
1: Yeah, the, I, and I still feel bad about this. The New York and Pittsburgh series... I'm going to be kicking myself for a while because I realized after I made my bracket and talked about it on the podcast so I got to the point of no return uh, was that I didn't pick a single upset in the first round and there's always a couple and going back, if I could have picked one, the obvious one for me would have been New York over Pittsburgh. I really wish I could go back and do that. Edmonton, went, and I'm not just saying that because they won, I'm saying that because even Winnipeg and uh, Edmonton, there's no version of myself that would have picked uh, Winnipeg to move on. But I, I know that there was a part of me that thought New York could have win it. And I wish that that part of me was writing the bracket and not the other part.
2: <laughs> what do you think about the uh, Vegas and wild situation? Obviously we're recording this on Thursday, May 27th, which is before the game seven, <clears throat> the game seven. What do you, uh, what do you guys foresee happening in that game?
0: Well, I sure as hell hope Vegas wins. I think they are definitely the better team. And watching that series, Minnesota is probably my least favorite team to watch. They are the most boring hockey team I think I've ever seen in my life. They just Take like, that,
2: wild fans. Yeah. <laughs>
0: They I just, mean, wild fan. Are we keeping yeah. a tally
1: of all the fan bases that we've offended and just basically told not to listen to us anymore? We have no constructive criticism. Just you're awful. We hate you.
0: Get well, better. <laughs> Skid. You Get well soon. There's no entertainment to it. They just dump it in, clog up the neutral zone, hope they score the first goal, and then they just screw over the other team. And it's just so boring. Yeah, it sucks. And a lot of teams are adapting that.
2: Like, you, if you look around the league, I think I was mentioning a couple weeks ago, Edmonton, right? That, like, they just get McDavid and Dreisaitl to pot a few, and then they sit on their lead. And it's funny that you mention Minnesota, because, yeah, they do that too, and then the Islanders are another one. It sucks. It sucks that that's the way that this NHL seems to be moving to, like, a neutral zone trap kind of thing.
1: New York, I wouldn't say, is nearly as bad as Minnesota, but the thing that I think really speaks volumes is that Minnesota has managed to take one of the most exciting teams in hockey, being the Vegas Golden Knights, and win a game against them, taking 16 shots on net throughout the whole game, and making the entire thing virtually unbearable, even for a hardcore hockey fan to watch. The NHL needs to, like, implement a rule (laughs) that they can't do that anymore. You can't be Minnesota. (laughs) It's awful. I'm trying to enjoy it and I
0: can't. How are you going to attract fans with that? Yeah. (laughs) We're relocating that team. (laughs) Yeah. somewhere else and we're just going to put a bunch of fighters on it and you know what go from there their
1: captain is going to be tom wilson the assistants are ryan reeves and evander kane yeah. have them fight each other yeah, yeah george peros is coming back uh, into the yeah. league
2: yeah george yeah. la get all the georges out now that would be
1: doing the nhl service if, we, <laughs> <laughs> if george peros stopped doing what he's currently doing yeah let him play hockey and put him up against the rangers oh boy Um, moving on from that series, because we've got a lot to cover here. Yeah, there's a lot of great series. Um, let's talk a little bit about New York Pittsburgh. That, it's funny you mentioned that they're a boring team. I thought those were really exciting hockey games. I really enjoyed watching it. I mean, admittedly, the last game they scored three goals in a span of like two and a half minutes, but still it was a fun back and forth game. It was odd man rushes going both ways. There was not a lot of neutral zone play. I personally loved watching that game. Shout out to my grandpa who got me some pizza
2: and we watched it together. (laughs) Thanks, Gramps. Yeah, it's really a shame that uh, the the well, I think it's more on the defense and the goaltending in uh, in Pittsburgh's camp. But it's really a shame that they couldn't hold it together. Like, it just seems like year after year after year they either win the cup or they absolutely embarrass themselves in
0: the playoffs. I mean, did you see Tristan Jari's beautiful pass? <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't know if I can say that I didn't blame any of that on the goalie. There, there's, uh, I'm, I'm not saying their defense is anything that a team should be uh, clawing after, but the goaltending, it, especially in the last two games, was just atrocious. I'm sorry. What Local am- guy Tristan Jari, too, from North Delta. I don't know if you guys oh, know, that. know yeah. that. Sorry if you're listening to this. I'm sure you are. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, you played awful. Yeah, well... <laughs> <laughs>
2: plays like shit tristan
1: <laughs> get fucked <laughs> no we're sorry we're sorry oh, that you played okay. awful, but you did we're not gonna lie to you either
2: yeah no i i meant more along the lines of like the defense didn't make his job any easier and he played awful so i i would okay. what i'm saying is you can't put all the blame on him because i don't think their defense really helped them out as much as they could have and they probably should have
0: that's fair. I I can definitely agree with that because Tristan Jerry was trash. Mm. Their defense was trash. I mean, their offense was not scoring at the rate their offense probably should have scored. But well, know.
1: well, Crosby had a point and or sorry, a goal and an assist through six playoff games. You
0: can't have but, that from one of the best players in the league. But
2: he was definitely still pushing the pace of the games. Like he was still an influence. He was still getting the coverage that he normally demands, um, opening up the ice for other players. So. I, I can't really fault Crosby too much because, you know, he's one guy and he, he still influenced the games um, enough that his team should have helped him out. Uh, Malkin is one that I would say should have picked it up
0: a lot more. I didn't really follow that series a whole lot. Who do you guys think the MVP of that series was?
2: Uh, d- definitely Ilya Sorokin. Without question. I mean, he... He, he won the goalie matchup by heads and shoulders. Like He was he was playing fantastic. I think if you look at the shot totals in most of the games, he made upwards of 40 saves a night. Um, and also, another thing, which I don't think people give him enough credit for, is I think he's still a rookie goaltender, if not maybe in his second year. And he held up to the pressure of being a starting goalie in an overtime playoff game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, that's got to save something, right?
1: Yeah, and while I'm going a bit off the board here, my MVP for the Islanders for a while has been Barry Trotz. He's done incredible with that organization since he's been there. I, be- I believe the most recent thing that happened to that organization when they brought him in was they lost John Tavares. And since they lost him, they've been a better team than who he left them for. So I, I think that he's done
0: phenomenal work with that group. Well, just look at when Barry Trotz was in Washington. We won him a cup. And then Washington decides, you know what, we don't want to pay him. <laughs> We're going to bring in this other coach, and they haven't made it back since. So I think Barry Trotch is a huge uh, reason to success for a lot of teams.
2: Yeah.
0: You know what was weird, too?
1: They never pulled their goalie. Pittsburgh never pulled their goalie. Really? Down by, I believe, two. down by two goals. They had a four, mi- or sorry, no. They, at the end of that power play, they never pulled it to make it five on five. They never pulled it to make it six on five when it was over. They let the clock run down with the goalie in the net the whole time. That was shocking to me. Because the old saying, right? It doesn't matter by how much you lose. It matters if you give yourself a chance to win. That's the whole point of pulling the goalie. You know the odds are you're going to get scored on. But it it just didn't make sense to me that down by two goals at the end of the third, you wouldn't pull the goalie in an elimination game. That just confused the hell out of me.
0: Yeah, no, I didn't really watch that game, but that just... Sounds like horrible coaching to me. In other news on that, what has your guys' favorite series been so far?
2: Easily the Tampa, Florida series, and I'm really dying to talk about it.
0: (laughs) You know what? Let's let's give Jake some spotlight here. I think
1: we all love that series. It's been amazing to watch. It reminds me of what the Battle of Alberta was a couple years ago, uh, and what it still is, uh, but it had that intensity and that fire to it that you really don't get too often. And since Jake is just on the edge of his seat waiting to talk about it and continue to ignore the Nashville Predators elimination
2: (laughs) game that's on the TV 10 feet away from him, we're going to let him talk about that. Did y'all see that Braden Point goal? Did you see the Braden Point goal? (laughs) Oh my God. I remember watching the game and the second that puck went in, I just thought, I'm going to send some flowers to Tyler. (laughs) Because his playoff champions are about to get eliminated. And honestly, like, that whole game, that whole series, boys, like, so physical. Such nice goals. Goaltending was lacking, which made it
0: even more exciting. It was just such a wicked series. I'm honestly sad that it didn't go seven. As much as it sucked, and as much as the goaltending was lacking, I think Spencer Knight had a hell of a first game. 100%. And even that second game, he played extremely well. Vashileski was lights out. When he needed to make a save, he made a save. But I think, unpopular opinion, I think Braden Point is the most important piece on that Tampa Bay Lightning team. I think he's the most underrated when you look at their players because everyone always talks about Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman, but just look at the numbers Point puts up. Like, last year in the playoffs, mm-hmm. he led the entire Stanley Cup playoffs in points. That man is just an absolute animal. And the, the one thing I hate to say, because I'm all for a good entertaining playoff series, and,
1: and like I said, I loved watching it. The thing that sucks for me is that I felt like that series peaked in game one. You know, I feel like that game just had so much heavy hitting, so many odd man rushes. It was such a fast game. The other games were, again, still better than most other playoff games we saw in other series. The only thing that I guess, as someone who followed the whole thing, it felt like it peaked in Game 1, and it was a little bit downhill from
2: there. Can't really get behind you on that. Um, I just I just loved that series. So. Yeah,
1: no, again, I'm, I'm not saying the series itself was bad. I'm just saying I think when the most exciting game is the first one, as a hardcore hockey fan, they were fun games to watch. But as someone who's new, and that's your intro to hockey, is Game 1, and you're waiting for Game 2, and then you watch Games 2 through 6... It's not as fun as game one. That's all
2: I meant by that. You know what I think breathed new life into that series, though, is when Spencer Knight came in. Because there was all this anticipation for how he was going to do. And it was really funny because he started, I think it was game was it game five, was his first one that he started? And he let in the first goal on the first shot. And then he played lights out. He stopped the next 34 shots. And then uh, next game, first shot, he, he, uh, he gets goes in. And then he's pretty good after that as well. So I think he added this element of entertainment to that series when it was, I guess, like Marcus was saying, starting to kind of settle down. He brought in this new new freshness to the series. And God, I just, I'm just i sad that that series is over. It was so good to watch.
0: Yeah, the one thing that kind of disappointed me in that series was Barkov. I didn't notice him as much as I was hoping to. Huberto played great. Yeah, But Barkov kind of fell off a little bit. Even Anthony Duclair was having a really good playoffs. I enjoyed watching him play, but your captain's got to be your best player, and he's got to be the one either driving the team or leading by example, and I just did not see that out of Barkov. What about Sam Bennett? (laughs) Sorry, what about Sam Bennett? (laughs) Sam Bennett cost them the game with that stupid penalty. There was no no reason to take it. You literally put the guy in a freaking chokehold and ripped his helmet off, and then you're complaining about a penalty. I have no clue why. But yeah, Sam Bennett, if you're listening to this, the reason you're golfing right now is because you choked, and it's all your fault. You literally choked, <laughs> yeah, I was say, <laughs>
1: literally choked another man. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the most disappointing part was Barkov. or I'm going to start that sentence. That is again. what he said, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just adjust my hearing aids. Um, at least at least, he,
2: at least, you didn't call yourself, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> please please put that in somewhere. Oh, it will be. Him. Okay, oh, we, we yeah. got to keep that in there somewhere. That's one of the best outtakes ever. Oh, God, yeah. Hey, guys, welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with myself.
0: <laughs> me, myself, and I, baby.
2: <laughs> no, but what
1: I was going to say was that I, uh, I thought you were going to say the most disappointing part of the series was Bobrovsky, who you said we were going to see why he makes so much money. Oh, yeah,
2: it was so funny. That, was a, that is another... No, no. He said that about the finals. He said, in the finals. That's <laughs> right.
1: We were going to see why Bobrovsky makes so much money. And I, I cannot wait for that audio to come back. I'm going to post that on our Instagram story. I'm going to post the, the audio clip of that.
0: Well, guess what? He never made it to the finals. <laughs> yeah. So I guess we'll never know. I guess we'll never know. (laughs) what's your thoughts on the team's terrible Canucks face-off win percentage
1: we have one guy that can take face-offs and it's Bo Horvat (laughs) he's not on all four lines (laughs) leave him alone
2: also I wouldn't worry too much about that considering next year that I think that center depth is going to look much different than it did this year
1: it will also remember our number one center Elias Pedersen was out for most of the second half of the season so you got to remember we had wingers taking face-offs Right. Yeah. And somebody also said the Habs won. So the Habs did win. Appreciate that. Thank Thank you. you. (laughs) We covered that at the very I actually were we
2: even recording yet? So the second that Tyler said the Habs won, I was like, and record.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So this is gonna start with
2: me going the
1: Leafs who suck. They they're just an awful franchise. I'm so happy. There we go. There there
0: will be
2: a game six. Yes, there will. Nick Suzuki from Cole Caulfield. Why? Wow. Why
1: were they benched, man? We, we I, I, could not tell you. Did yeah. They, That's did they bench Suzuki? No, they bench no, Caulfield. And, and, though, in, in game one, Suzuki, yeah. He's like their fucking best player. Yeah.
2: No. <laughs> bench him. We <laughs> were just giving him a rest till game six. Arrest? We secretly. Oh, yeah. give him a rest. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> we're going to arrest him. <laughs> Lock him up. Yeah, like when Tyler's mom phone said, "Hey, you're getting shot on Sunday." <laughs> This will be my last podcast. Tyler
1: has a planned assassination. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, that's good. What series have we not talked about that... Aren't Edmonton because again, we're going to get to that. <coughs> oh, yeah, Mike Babcock's on TV, which has been a thing this year, which is cool. I think he was talking about the Nashville Carolina <laughs> series. Oh, yeah, I guess that's on, isn't it? So we are after the first intermission here. It is 1 1. Jake, why don't you bring us up to speed on your thoughts on this game? We'll bring in our Preds analyst.
2: I haven't really been watching the game, so I can't comment yet. <laughs> I can't really comment on this game, um, but. Honestly, game one and game two of this series were child's play compared to games three, four, five, and so far what we've seen in six. Three and four were probably the best playoff hockey games I've seen this team play since they made it to the finals in 2017. Um, They were so exciting. I was on the edge of my seat. I think most people who watched the game were on the edge of their seat. Um... And then even in Game 5, I'm a little bit salty that they called that really weak penalty to make it 4-on-4, where Carolina ended up winning it. Um, I have no problem with Carolina winning it. I think they were the better team by that point in the game, and they were going to win it anyway. But I would have liked to see it end in a different way. Um, But yeah, I think this series has been freaking awesome. And uh, I really, really hope it goes to Game 7, because then that would mean that Nashville isn't getting
0: eliminated tonight. And then they can take it in 7. I love watching Sebastian Ajo, Andrey Svechnikov... And whoever else is on that team, Tebo you're lucky, you're Teravainen.
2: You're lucky I can't mute your mic. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they are so fun to watch. They're such entertaining players. And they're making this series a lot more interesting, that's for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. You're right. Carolina is a fun, exciting team. And I, I don't know if you guys remember I said that uh, during the season. I said they're a great team and they're going to make for some fun, fun games to watch in the playoffs. So I agree with you. And that is why I still
1: believe that somehow – Carolina will not only take out your Nashville Predators, but they will take out the Tampa Bay Lightning in round two because they are fun and exciting, as quoted by Jake. So he, he agrees with me fully
0: on this. <laughs> and exciting
2: doesn't mean good. Sweep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we should probably point this out. Tampa Bay's payroll is eighteen or no, $17 million over the cap right now. Yeah, not 18, that would be ridiculous yeah. and illegal. <laughs> no, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but 17 is a completely reasonable
1: amount to be over the cap hit. Yeah. It's cheating. As, as far as I'm concerned, it is point blank, straight up cheating. There's no walking around it. I know Florida, they, they interviewed the Florida coaching staff, and they said, oh, it's fine, you know, whatever. They have to say that because they'll get fined if they don't. It's completely illegal, the NHL knows it, and they need to do something about this moving forward.
2: Yeah, I think it should have been just as simple as Kucherov can't play. Like, he didn't play a single regular season game. Yeah. It makes no sense why Kucherov's playing in the playoffs. And I kind of think that's why you saw what Anthony Duclair did and why he did it. Because I think he was so angry at, uh, at Tampa for, you know, obviously bending the rules the way they did. But that being said, absolutely no excuse for what he did. I think that was dirty, dirty, and I didn't like seeing it from a, from a guy like Duclair.
0: Well, clearly Kucherov's fine. So, I mean, even if, if you miss the whole regular season, you should not be able to jump in in the first game. You should have to miss at least a series or something. Like, your team shouldn't be able to just get their one of their top players back at 100% health magically. Yeah. Like, he should have had to play some games leading up to the playoffs to be eligible. And if that was the case, they wouldn't have been able to play because they wouldn't have been able to afford to play.
1: Well, it, it reminds me of an old saying my uh, soccer coach used to use, um, which was that, you know, if the ref would make a, a few, he'd let a few things go against us, and, you know, our coach would go to the ref and go, you know, wh- why aren't you calling this stuff? And the, the ref would either say, I didn't see it, or I didn't see anything wrong. And when the ref would say that, he would make sure to say really loud to the guys on the team, okay, that's legal now, right? So if, whether they pushed us or tripped us or whatever, he would say basically very publicly, fine. If they're going to do it, then we can do it too, and there's no penalty on it. So really, I'd be if I were the NHL right now, I would be a bit worried that other teams are going to look at this and go, well, if they're not going to discipline it, there's nothing stopping us from doing that. Jim Benning, take notes,
0: please. <laughs> Jay Beagle, six by six, let's go. <laughs> Trade him away, then bring him back for a first. <laughs> yeah, give him a six-year, $6 million contract.
1: No, but seriously, he has a neck injury right now. Get some doctors to write up some bogus reports, say he's injured, and then if we want him in the playoffs for some reason, bring him back. <laughs> he, he wins faceoffs. He, he does win face-offs. faceoffs. To whoever asked that question, you're asking why we're not winning faceoffs. It's because Jay <laughs> Beagle was injured for the last two weeks of the season.
0: Uh, we did have another question here. Okay, go for it. It says, um, "What are your predictions for the Leafs and Habs, and how this series is gonna finish out?" Habs, are- take take a deep <laughs> breath before you start talking.
1: <laughs> Habs are gonna go two and zero. They're just gonna annihilate the Leafs in both games, except for Game Seven, where they will allow the Leafs to get a multi-goal <laughs> third period lead and then take it away from them. But this time, they won't even give them the satisfaction of overtime. They will eliminate them in regulation. <laughs> Fuck you, Leafs. <laughs> go
2: Habs. Yep, I agree. 100%. <laughs> Let's go. The Leafs take it in the next game. No. No, they can't. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. They do. They're way better. It's, it, and now it's they lose. Twice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fine. Alright. I'll be
1: alone on this island. No, no, uh, and can we talk about real quick just the fact that Carey Price has been ridiculous in this series? They, I will coming back down to earth. The Montreal has no business still being in the series, and a a healthy price is a twenty fifteen price. Another local guy, love Carey
2: Price. Not local. Well, BC. not not like local. Local. He's <laughs> from BC. Yeah, it's still hours away from where we are. Saying saying he's a local guy is like saying. T.J. Oshie is a local guy. Where is T.J. Oshie from? Seattle.
0: That's not no, even that's
2: that not... A... That's completely different. What do you mean? Seattle's closer than... than yeah, but Williams it's not, Lund, But in the... it's in the same zone. Yeah, it's we're, in the we're, same zone? country. We're yeah. in the same province.
1: Okay, yeah. but... if we can't do that, then this isn't the Vancouver boys then. Because Tyler just got here. This is two <laughs> Vancouver boys and one guy
0: from fucking Manitoba. <laughs> from everywhere. <laughs> and a world traveler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, next week I'll be recording from Bora Bora. <laughs> And then China. Um. Oh. So, someone just asked who we think's winning the cup. We uh, on our Instagram page we actually did brackets. I had the Florida Panthers winning. <laughs> Clearly, I was wrong. Uh, Jake wait, has... wait. Can
2: you can you repeat that, Tyler? Can you? No, <laughs> I'm not sure the mic picked that up. Actually,
0: <laughs> Jake. <laughs> Jake has the Tampa Bay Lightning winning again, and Marcus has Vegas winning the cup. So. We'll see where that goes
2: Marcus has them winning it over uh, the Washington Capitals. Well, they will win, (laughs) and the Washington Capitals
1: won't. So I'm kind of right about that. That this could uh,
2: still happen. And again, just pay attention during the uh, finals, because everyone's going to see why they paid Bobrovsky so much. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That will haunt you forever, man. It was such a bold statement. Honestly,
2: that's about as bad as Pekka Renee's just too good right now. Like, he,
0: he's going to come out there in the finals and yeah. break somebody's leg, right? Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's coming.
2: Yeah.
0: Great. Oh.
1: Alright, how much longer can we put off Edmonton? How many more series do we have to go through?
2: You know what? We're, uh, we're about halfway through the podcast, so I think this is probably a good time. For Tyler to bring something
0: brand new up. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Tyler? Tell, tell us what's on your mind. No, I was just going to say, before we jump into the Edmonton-Winnipeg series, I just wanted to talk about the impact of having the fans at the yeah, American Games yeah, yeah. compared to how up in Canada we can't have fans and, and how that will make a difference going forward. Well, uh, let let's.
1: I'm going to throw this to Jake first, because Carolina and Nashville have both had fans, but different amounts in each stadium. Do you feel like having more or less fans is affecting the play of the game or giving any type of
2: home ice advantage? Every game in that series has been won by the home team. So, you guys tell me. That's some fascinating stuff, Jake. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, fine. I guess I can get deeper into it. Definitely. Like...
1: (laughs) I don't know, you guys tell me.
2: (laughs) Yes. Thanks for joining us on the
1: Vancouver Boys Podcast, where we ask you all the questions. (laughs) Nobody answers anything.
2: (laughs) You tell me. (laughs) I don't fucking know, I don't work here. Again, you can
1: reach us on Instagram at the Vancouver Boys Podcast if you want to answer Jake's questions.
2: Yeah, I'll just sit there and dodge questions all day. You can answer them for me. (laughs)
0: Okay, well, I think it has a huge impact. Just being able to play in front of fans, cheering you on when you score, like, it's so much different than going to score a goal and just being silent or just a horn going off. It's like, what the hell am I even doing here? Doesn't Montreal get fans at the next game? I thought that was the rumor that
1: Montreal was trying to open in time. That was like a few days ago they said that, that they might have fans in for game six. So if we're talking about an impact there left by the fans... How huge of an advantage is that for the Habs down in the series going into game six with
0: fans in the building for the first time for any Canadian team since the pandemic started? Would that be like only vaccinated people are allowed in or or how would that work? Because I know with the Islanders, they had half of the. (laughs) (laughs) This is ridiculous. You guys got to hear this. Half of the building was jam packed with vaccinated fans and the other half was completely spaced out fans who hadn't been vaccinated. So I don't know how that was working, but that's kind of the way they went He's not
1: insulting them. They were social distancing. (laughs) They weren't just at a hockey game just looking at the ceiling.
2: (laughs) They weren't spaced out that way. They are from New York. (laughs) (laughs) And they're anti-vaxxers. And half half of them thought they were at a baseball game. (laughs) That's how they sold it out. It looked slippery down there. (laughs)
1: Where's <laughs> all the Puerto Ricans?
2: <laughs> but I, I need to comment on something, guys. Um, you guys are forgetting uh, there was a fan for the Winnipeg Edmonton game. That's right. <laughs> you know what? No, we the have. Bud Light Seltzer guy. <laughs> we need to
1: save that for when we go over that series because okay, I right, think all right, all right, that right. was the biggest impact in that series. <laughs> yeah, the, the, you want the, to talk <laughs> about Home Ice Advantage <laughs> with fans? All you need to know was
0: summed up in that series. Yeah. Well, All right, on that note, I guess let's throw it to break. Uh, We will be right back uh, with the Vancouver Boys podcast. See you guys in a bit.
1: This week's episode of the Vancouver Boys podcast is brought to you by the Edmonton Oilers, who had a special message for our listeners, but are unfortunately still choking. We'll be right back.
0: All right. Welcome back, everybody. Um, just for anyone listening who wants to try and get a hold of us, you can do so at the Vancouver Boys at gmail.com or on Instagram at Vancouver Boys Podcast. And from there, we are going to jump right back into our inbox and go through a few questions that we received this week. Okay, this question we have here is from Aiden, who's asked a few questions now. So his question is, if you were the commissioner of the NHL, what changes would you make? Marcus, I'm going to throw this one to you.
1: How much time do you want, Aiden? (laughs) Because we could go on about this for a while. Uh, I think we're going to each just lightly touch on one thing we would do because we will probably save an episode for the off season where we do a deep dive into all the problems that this league has, or at least the ones we can think of. You got to remember here what the commissioner actually has control over because they don't really control the rule book. They really, their job is just to make the NHL money. It's to make decisions that are financially (laughs) beneficial for the shareholders and the owners of the league. However, that usually doesn't benefit the actual hockey fans that are already existing because most of the decisions they make are targeted at people who are not yet fans. But let's just, I'm gonna change that. So you're not the, I'm not the commissioner, I'm just God, I'm hockey God.
2: What are you on
1: about? Like, where are you going with this? Okay. I'm just setting up the parameters for what I'm gonna do. Tyler be- Foley!
2: I think you need to do that. Tyler There you go. Okay. Okay, now that you got yeah. that out of your now system. Now I'm gonna start making... <laughs> making a little bit less sense than that. Okay. John okay. Cherries. <laughs> Alright.
1: Alright. So, if I'm God, and I'm in charge of hockey, specifically, what I'm probably doing just to make the game more entertaining is I'm changing the instigator rule in fighting. I think it is a load of crap that a player can go in and throw a dirty hit. And if a player from the other team chooses to fight them, they actually get the extra penalty in the situation. Uh, I think it goes against the roots of the game. Uh, It messes with the structure. And now you see things like what Tom Wilson does and what he's gotten away with and the backlash that that has created. So I guess if I was the god of hockey, that is the one thing I would change uh, specifically about the rule book is I would change the instigator penalty back to the way it was in the early 2000s and and early 2010s.
2: So I'm going to take it in a slightly different direction. I'm not sure if this is really what your question is about because I think when you talk about the commissioner, his position, like Marcus said, is a lot more focused towards making the NHL money. But there is one thing that I think the commissioner is responsible for, that this commissioner has been lacking. And I think it's a big reason as to why the league, um, or more specifically why the fans have been so ill-impressed with him. And I think it's because this commissioner really is on the side of the owners a lot of times. I think he will always kind of support their interests, back them, and a lot of times he doesn't really consider or look at growing the game for the fans. I think that, obviously, there are ownership groups for many teams in this league. Um, the first one that comes to mind is Eugene Melnick for the Ottawa Senators. You know, he has such a negative reputation in Ottawa. So many of those fans there have just been, you know, I think they're exhausted with him. They just want him to, to either sell the team or be more forthright with what his plans are for this team. And I know that a lot of our our listeners are from Vancouver, and so this probably resonates with them as well. So yeah, I think my my point here is really just to to say this. I think that the commissioner and what I would do if I was commissioner is listen to the fans more, take their side, understand what they're trying to say, and communicate those feelings to the owners. You know, move the team in the direction of um, you know, growth and not just for financial gain which I think it's really unfortunate that that's what this league is really moving towards Can I jump in just really quickly
1: before Tyler goes um, My uncle said something to me the other day. Uh, my uncle employs me by the way. Excellent guy uh, Thank you for employing me. I don't know anything about what I do um, <clears throat> I was a little choked at him a while ago because uh, as soon as Vegas came into the league he became a full-hearted Vegas Golden Knights fan this was partly because a family friend of his became a Vegas Golden Knight. They were taken by them in the expansion draft. But also, he mentioned one thing, and that was that their owner, uh, that's Foley, he's an older guy, he's in his, his 60s or 70s, and what he said when he started their team was, I'm not here to make money or, or you know whatever. He goes, I want to see my team win a Stanley Cup. And he said, I'm an old guy, I don't have all the time in the world to do that. And that's why I believe he even made some guarantee that we will win a Stanley Cup. And I don't know if anyone remembered. Was it five?
2: I don't know the story. Okay,
1: He he gave a guarantee in how long it would be. And that really sold my uncle because he's seen the Vancouver Canucks ownership time and time again, make a decision that benefits them financially, but doesn't benefit the future success of the team. And that's why my uncle abandoned ship so quickly and went to Vegas was because he saw an owner that promise to deliver to the fans. And the Aquilinis have, while made those promises,
2: actions speak louder than words, and those promises have been empty. Yeah, just think about the moves that they have made in their limited history, right? They brought in Petrangelo, Stone, Pacioretty, um, Stastny for a while. Like, they've, they've signed and traded for some amazing players that, you know, in the history of expansion teams, just doesn't happen. I mean, even Leonard, right? Like... Yeah. Leonard hasn't really panned out as well as they wanted him to, but like they made those moves. They took those risks. They brought in the players. I mean, even uh, was Anton Slepeshev? Shepchev. Shepchev. yeah, that's right. Like Even going out and getting him in their very first year, they t- they're taking
0: so many risks. So you're right. It's cool to see. If I was the commissioner... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to cut you oh, off no. there, Tyler. Back, back to you, buddy. I would be relocating the Nashville <laughs> Predators... <laughs> He needs a mute button. He needs a
2: mute. He needs his own mic. We all do, actually. <laughs> all, yeah, all right. <laughs> to
1: New
0: Mexico. <laughs> <For>
2: Area 51. <laughs> the mutant predators.
0: <laughs> Aliens versus predators. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And I think they would have way better success. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Um, one thing I think would be kind of cool. What if the NHL was played on the Olympic-sized ice? to add a little more excitement to the game, like a lot more skating for these more talented players? Well, that would be a very modern
1: move, considering that the game is moving towards more skill and less physicality. Because the NHL-sized ice is designed for more entertaining hockey in a physical sense, because guys are bumping into each other all the time. But you're right, in an era of skill and finesse players, a wider ice surface would give them more ability to do what they like to do which is not get smoked every time they go into the corners.
0: Yeah, so I think that could be an interesting option that maybe I would look into, but that's kind of all I can come up with.
1: All right. Uh, Thank you, Aiden, for that question. Much appreciated. Uh, Keep interacting with our account. We love taking your questions. We want to shout you guys out. And one day when
0: we make it big, Tyler will remember you. Hell yeah. All right. Another question we have here is from Adam Bennett. Uh, he responded to one of our questions, saying maybe how the Oilers got swept by the Jets and what Edmonton needs to do to improve. Ooh, yeah. boy. <laughs> well, I mean, we could go into like this question for two hours. Yeah. So. I think.
2: That, well, there is one thing I want to mention before we get into it. Um, are you guys familiar with what happened with uh, Ethan Bear? Yes. Um, yeah. So I'm sure, and if you guys haven't heard, there was some pretty serious. Uh, comments on his Instagram, uh, messages in his DM, racist ones that uh, we absolutely condemn. That is not okay. No place for that in hockey. Um, and just wanted to touch on that before we get into this because I know that there may be people out there wondering what. Uh, I believe there's a hashtag too going around. I stand with. I stand with
1: Ethan, and uh, I do. We all do. The three of us. So. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Go ahead, Tally. I just. I'm just gonna touch on how terrible the Oilers are. <laughs> I don't even know where to start, but I was watching the game and I didn't notice really anybody on the third and fourth line. And even the guys that I did see, I don't know why they're in the NHL. I think one of those people is Ethan <laughs> Mayer. <laughs> no, no, he's a defenseman. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. He, he's a defenseman. The, uh, the third and fourth line were, in my opinion, practically non-existent. And they probably should have just ran the first line the whole game because even their second line was not great and they did not play well. So aside from Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel, I think they have a lot of moves that need to be made to get a lot more depth around those two guys because you're not going to win with one line. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well,
2: you, you mentioned uh, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisidel, but um, I think it's hard to mention their names with this 2020 version of the team without uh, bringing up Mike Smith.
0: I don't think Mike Smith is very good. Uh I don't think their goaltending in general is very good. I know they tried to make a play on marks on uh, Markstrom, and that probably would have solved all of their goaltending problems. It still wouldn't have solved their lack of depth or even their defensive struggles, considering they played Darnell Nurse 62 minutes that one game. <laughs> if that's not even an exaggeration. Yeah, he played 62 minutes, and... The, they were just flipping back and forth between the first two pairs of defense. And when they put that third pair on because they needed a rest, they got scored on and the game was over. Uh, a very unlucky play. Uh, Connor McDavid, I think, turned over the puck, put his defenseman in a bad position, and Kyle Karna kind of went crazy. But uh, yeah, that's that's my take on that. Well, I've got a bit of a hot take here. And by no means am I saying that
1: Edmonton is a good or perfect hockey team at all. But are we maybe not giving Winnipeg enough credit? I mean, this was a big upset. But how much of it was Edmonton playing subpar? And how much of it was Winnipeg doing phenomenal at shutting down two of the top scoring players in the league? (laughs) Because I think they did pretty good. All the depth in the world cannot change the fact that if you're covering Connor McDavid too closely... You're leaving Leon side wide open
0: and vice versa, right? They had to do a really good job to keep shutting those guys down. That's true. But if another team is exerting all their options just to cover those two guys, down the road you should, with other lines, should be able to at least get a goal or two. So, I mean, I, Winnipeg did a great job of covering those two guys. I think there were a lot of plays in the neutral zone and whatnot that... Could have easily been penalties where McDavid was hauled down or like thrown to the ice or whatever, interfered with that were not called, that probably would have been called if it was somebody else maybe, but it seemed like they just threw their whistles away and and that's the way to stop them. In the regular season, that would have been a play where they probably would have scored. In the playoffs, there's no whistles and that was the game plan. Well, Canucks fans are all too familiar with that. 2011, we watched
1: our number one power play barely get utilized because when the Sedins were getting tripped and hooked and held, they weren't getting the calls they needed. They, it, they were told, it's the final, sorry guys, everything goes. And uh, yeah, you need to have something other than a good power play to win in the
2: playoffs because odds are you're not going to get to use it as much as you want to. Quick side note. What do you guys think about the new scoreboard on NBC? And then, I don't know if you guys have seen the one on Bally Sports. But, oh god, what a, what a mess. The NBC scoreboard, I think I messaged
1: you in like game one of, oh. I don't I don't even know what series it was, but I was watching the first, it was like the first day of the playoffs and I was watching a game on the NBC American feed. And the scoreboard is terrible. <laughs> Who designed this? They First of all, when there's a power play, which we're watching right now, The power play sign covers the team's logo. (laughs) So you have to just go down to colors to see which team they're talking about. The score clock is moving right beside the shot clock. So it's hard to tell which numbers is which. Baseball, I forgive a little bit because you have a lot of things you're trying to broadcast all at once. This is easy and we've seen it done properly. Why does this look so terrible? Who designed this? Who was paid to do that? God, quit your job. You know, if I was a commissioner of the NHL, <laughs> I'd get rid of that scoreboard. Yeah, That's far, the first okay. thing I would do. That's terrible. You should be ashamed of yourselves, NBC.
0: You don't want to touch on the Edmonton Ops?
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. I, I gotta be honest. When it comes to the Edmonton and Winnipeg series, I lacked on my coverage of that series. Uh, they were always playing when there were other games I wanted to watch. So I got to be honest, I didn't see that one as much as I would have liked to. That being said, having the Bud Light Seltzer guy in the arena, <laughs> I mean, it's just not a fair advantage. <laughs> they basically cheated. But I can still look at the numbers from that series. I'm just, I don't know. Like, I think it's pretty surprising for everyone that the image Oilers got swept. But you got to remember, three out of the four games were overtime games. A bounce here, an extra two inches to the left there, and we could have seen a very different series. I don't know how harsh you can be on Edmonton. Obviously, they didn't have depth. Obviously, McDavid and Dreisaitl were covered to the point where they couldn't get on the scoreboard as much as they wanted to. You know, Obviously, Mike Smith is probably going to retire from this. Uh, he's, he's, like we said, he's 39. He's probably not coming back. I just I don't know if you can look at Edmonton and really say that they didn't have a good effort in this series. Because I think, despite the result, they still had a pretty decent showing.
0: Jugjar Kara was their third line center with Devin Shore and Alex Chason. It's all Alex Chason's fault. <laughs> You're not going to win with... And I don't I don't know if they even scored. Good their, to tell you. Their fourth line <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. was <laughs> Ennis, Haas, and Yamamoto. And then you got Zach Cassian playing on the second line with... Ryan McLeod and Ryan nugent Hopkins. Yeah, I think they might have had better luck maybe just splitting up Leon Seidel and Connor McDavid to at least try and get some sort of a one-two punch, but having them both on the same line, Winnipeg just loaded up and guarded them that way. So congratulations to Winnipeg for moving on and I'm excited to see what the Oilers do moving forward. I think if you're an Edmonton Oilers fan, um, it's been a
2: really long time since this team's been good and you're probably at the end of your rope. But just remember that you still have Connor McDavid on your team. Your team's always going to be exciting to watch. And despite their failings recently and this year, it's tough now, but I don't know. I don't feel too bad for you because you still have Connor McDavid on your team.
1: So I got to bring this up because I've thought about this a few times before because Edmonton's problem is depth. It's not star power. So let's say, theoretically, you prepare to send Leon Dreisaitl off in a trade. Not uh, in a one-for-one trade. You're not asking for another big superstar player. You're asking for a package of probably three to four solid depth guys in return. No team makes that trade.
2: No? No. No team makes that trade.
0: I don't think a team has that much depth to give up where they would not be sitting in Edmonton's position right now. Uh, One person did ask, what's your opinion on the Oilers going after Line Plus him and Jesse Pugliarvi had... Our friends, so maybe yeah. that would, would help bring him up. I mean, when you had Line, Puliarvi, and Ajo playing in the World Juniors, that was yeah. disgusting. That yeah. was brutal. Just oh not fair. Goodness. Yeah. They looked like an absolute super team, just the three of them.
2: I think Line is a very different player now than he was. And to be perfectly honest, I think a big part of that is coaching. Like that kid, he's just such a hard player to coach, he doesn't play well with others. I don't know. I think if he played on a line with um, McDavid and Drysidal, maybe he'd finally shut up and and be able to produce, but
0: who knows? That would be a nasty line. Yeah. Put an absolute sniper out there with yeah. um, Dry and McDavid. Yeah. God, then again, you still have no depth, but you do have a superstar line.
2: Yeah. But like if he didn't play on their line and he was on that team, he you would
0: never hear the end of his bitching. Oh god. Think no about man. him in Winnipeg, you know. Yeah. You would you would almost have to put like Drysdale and Liney together and then find somebody for McDavid to play with, just to kind of space it out a little bit. It's it's a pretty unique situation
1: today. We talked about it a little while ago. It's like watching the Minnesota Wild, but with Wayne Gretzky on forwards. It's the most exciting player in hockey, and a couple guys on skates around him. So it'd be really cool to throw Patrick Liney into the mix. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but like, there's a lot of suggestions you can make that it's like, will this fix the team? Will this fix their problems? Who knows where they're at right now? I mean, there's just, there's so many issues with that team. And I mean, think about like, like we've kind of been dancing around this goaltending, like Mike Smith overperformed this year. You know, Koskinen is a backup making starter money. At and uh, yeah and uh, like the, that team just they can't get anything figured out past McDavid Drysidel. it's crazy and it's almost like McDavid and Drysidel are hindering them from ironically enough being bad enough to get good picks to keep building
1: there's even been some rumors about uh, Nugent Hopkins leaving he's an unrestricted free agent this summer mm-hmm. he has not received an offer yet uh, if nothing gets done he could walk might walk right on over to Vancouver
2: local guy Anyway, why don't, we, um, why don't we move on from this topic? So uh, for anyone out there that isn't aware, uh, Central Scouting released their top 10 prospects uh, in North America and internationally uh, this week. And it's pretty interesting because uh, the players on there are in a very different order than I would have expected them to be. So uh, what we're going to do is I'm going to take out the list and I'm going to talk to these guys and get their opinions on why and where these players happen to be on the uh, Central Scouting list. I guess we'll pull up the uh, the internationals uh, international top 10 players and we'll take a look at them. So um, let's do top five instead of top 10 because to be perfectly honest, not super familiar with all 10. Uh, number five, we have Daniil Cheka. Uh Number four, Nikita Shabrikov. And then at number three, which I found this surprising and this is one that I'd like to get you guys' take on, Aturati. I think Tyler should take this
0: one. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> I know I said earlier on another or on an earlier episode of the podcast that uh, if the Canucks were not going for Luke Hughes or a defenseman, I think Atu Ratti would probably be our best pick. Now it's looking more and more like that's probably a good idea. But as Marcus would say, Luke Hughes or bust. <laughs> <laughs> Luke Hughes or trade the pick.
2: <laughs> I, I disagree, man. I think um, the Canucks are gonna have a pretty good selection of players, and we'll see uh, we'll see who they end up taking. I think they're gonna. Both also, they're gonna get a good pick this year. They finished low enough, They're gonna get a good pick. Yeah, trade the pick. <laughs> trade the pick. <laughs> uh, number two, Simon Edvinson. Uh, and then number one projected is William Eklund. I, I I've heard the name, but I haven't seen any highlights, or I I don't know anything about his
1: stats. Yeah. I don't even know what position he plays. But I've heard the name yeah. brought
0: up. Probably forward. Yeah, William Eklund
2: is a forward and he has been projected to go pretty high in this draft, probably top four. Again, because we're so unfamiliar or because there's been so little coverage of prospects this year, he could go, you know, anywhere in the top ten. But number one prospect internationally, William Eklund. I I I think he's gonna be an interesting player to watch. Um, and we'll uh we'll see where he ends up in this draft. But let's get to the more interesting side of it. Let's look at the North American uh, projections for the Central. Where's Luke? Scouting, Where did Luke land? <laughs> let's stop, or let's start with uh, ten because I think you guys will recognize more of these names, um, but not all of them. So, number ten, Cole Sillinger. Number nine, Matthew Coronado. Number eight, Brennan Othman. Number seven, Brand Clark. We know number name. Number six. Matthew Beignet, or as people like to call him, Benyers, but I swear to God, it's Beignet. And anyway, um, these two surprised me. I expected to see Beignet and Clark going much higher.
0: Yeah, me too. Um, at least at least Beignet. Clark, okay, I can see where he, why he's there, but Clark for sure. I'm, I'm surprised he dropped that much. I'm kind of thinking I guess it's just more of a heavy defensive draft, but uh, I'm curious to see who's in the top five. I'm also curious to see how the top five play out. Okay. Uh,
2: Number five, Dylan Gunther. Earlier on in the season, um, I remember hearing that a lot of people projected him to be contesting with uh, Owen Power for the number one spot. So interesting to see him fall as far as fifth. Again, this is North American chart only. This does not take into consideration international players and goalies, which there is a goalie that's projected to go within the top 10 this year. So, yes, so... Wow. um, When is the last time that's happened? Uh, Carey Price.
1: Carey! That's the last time a goalie went in the
2: top 10. Last time a goalie went in the top 10 was Carey Price in 2005. Hey, when's the last time a goalie went in the top 20? Last year. (laughs) Who took him? The Nashville Predators. No kidding! Yep, they took Yaroslav Askarov in uh, the top... I I think it was 13th, but it might have been around there somewhere. But yeah, Yaroslav Askarov, the last goalie picked in the top 15. All right, number four... Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of this guy. His name is uh, (laughs) Luke Hughes, projected to go uh, the fourth among North American-born players. I just want to point out that I can already hear, every
1: time he does something well, the crowd going, Luke. You know? I think they just dropped the K. Yeah? No, I I think we had one Lou. We had one. No, we had two. I'm gonna talk about Louis Pasaglia now. (laughs) What?
2: A goodbye everyone. (laughs) K. (laughs) Uh,
0: It's just K. Oh, man.
2: Yeah, drop the (laughs) loot. Crowd's joking. Sound
1: effects. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. You know what? I'm not even going to talk about Louis Pasaglia. It's not worth Please it anymore. Don't. <laughs> hey, great part of Vancouver sports history. Just, I'm sure he was. grew up down the street from my mom.
2: Oh, then he's not local.
1: <laughs> she lived in Burnaby. Oh, okay. It's not local enough for you, <laughs> no, still? No, apparently not. He's not on this street right now. Not local. <laughs> might as well get a passport before you come over here. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> yeah, local guy, local sports hero.
2: Louis Pasaglia, if you're listening. Nobody <laughs> who's listening even knows his name. I mean, maybe there are people. Hell yeah. Around, I don't know that. Is. All right, so. Uh, yeah, all right. Luke Hughes is number four. Who's number yeah. three? Uh, number three, Kent Johnson. Okay. Yeah, so that's, you know. Now, that's a white guy, (laughs) if I've ever heard one. Are you sure sure he's
0: up for the draft or is he up for like retirement? (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) It's a pretty old sounding name. Just (laughs) wait till you hear the
2: next one. (laughs) Well, this better be good because you had a big lead up there. Mason McTavish.
0: Oh, yeah, that guy's going to be a stud. (laughs) That's a Prairie Boy, all right. That guy's going to be a stud. Yeah, McTavish. Let's draft him.
2: Yeah, playing in the OHL. um, Only CHL player in the top four. Uh, next is Dylan Gunther out of uh, for the Edmonton Oil Kings.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right, who's number one?
2: Number one, no surprise here. I don't even need to say it. You guys can take it for me.
0: Is it Owen Powers?
2: <laughs> I think it might be Owen Power. Uh, this guy has been pretty much, I don't want to say undisputed as the projected number one because uh, there has been a conversation around whether or not he should go number one. But, but here's, he's, he's been the consensus. He's pretty much been the consensus. But in any other year, I don't think he would be.
1: Yeah, no. Well, in any other year, most of these guys probably would be in the back half of the top 10. So. Yeah, uh, I gotta say, I mean, I will admit, I would like power. That would be an amazing pick if we could get him. The odds of us getting number one are slim. The odds, the odds of him falling lower than one or two is slim. So, with our pick, we should take Luke Hughes or trade it.
0: Amen, <laughs>
1: yeah, we're all on the same page. Yeah. Right? Uh, no, I I'm disagree <laughs> I <laughs> disagree. It, everyone
2: fully agrees with me. I think I think you're you know we'll listen to this three or four years down the line.
0: to when... your <laughs>
2: so
1: but We all know how well Tyler's takes always work out so <laughs> yeah. probably age really well, yeah.
2: But no, I think I, I, I don't think the Canucks will end up drafting Luke Hughes or Achi I think they'll go... Bef- well, Achi might be available when they pick. But personally, I think that the Canucks will end up drafting a North American-born defenseman that is not named Luke Hughes. That's my prediction. And I think uh, he will end up panning out in the NHL. I think there's a lot of good options there. And even if they don't take a defenseman, there's some decent offensive options as well. I think it's that time again everybody
1: (laughs) buckle your seatbelts it'll make you laugh it'll make you cry no (laughs) don't say
2: (laughs) that's not gonna be the tagline for his segment (laughs) why not if you listened last week you know what we're joking about but we're not saying it again (laughs) it'll make you laugh
1: it'll make you cry might make you unload a twenty-two into your friend. <laughs> it's Tyler's surprise headline. <laughs> oh, <man.
2: laughs>
1: that's what it's gonna be. It's gotta be to make sure. you laugh, make you cry, and then you reference last week.
2: Sure, yeah. <laughs> Might make you pregnant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. It's Tyler's surprise headline. Okay, when you guys were kids, did your parents ever let you, like, sit on your lap, or their lap, and drive, let you drive? Did that, did that ever happen? Like, you just driving down the street, you're holding the steering wheel, just sitting on their lap? To me, personally, no. Um, my mom would have never, like,
1: that could have never happened if she found out. That divorce would have happened a lot sooner. <laughs> but, <laughs> there's a, but I do know a couple buddies that grew up... Um, in Poco, in areas before it was developed, and they had a bit of farmland and stuff, and so I know that they used to do that a bit.
0: I never had the pleasure, but it yes, I know that's a common thing, somewhat. Yeah, no, me neither. Okay, well, my parents let me do it all the time. I guess maybe it's because I grew up in Poco, but... <laughs> I didn't even know that. Like, well, I knew you grew up in Poco, but I didn't know that you were the cookie-cutter thing I was just talking about. That's really funny. And, okay, so... We're taking this story back to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> of course we are. Because well, I mean we weren't in Florida last time. We were in Arkansas, but <laughs> Florida light, Same Florida darks, you know, whatever. So, we're going to Florida. This lady let her 4-year-old child drive down the road. <laughs> the lady was on sit- her lap. The lady was sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know... How did a kid reach the pedals? I don't think... it's a I big four-year-old. <laughs> oh, my God. This four-year-old crashed into multiple buses. Oh, my buses. God. Buses? <laughs> did they live? <limp? laughs> oh, my God. And a minivan. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> she was arrested for child neglect. But... Yeah, um... I was kind of just reading through this story, and I was like, are you kidding me? Like... Who thought it was a good? you know what i'm gonna go to the bar get hammered don't worry i got a dd here yeah. <laughs> my four-year-old child she's got this
2: <laughs> yeah, did, did the story say like where they were going or where they were coming <laughs> from she pops up what do you mean officer i wasn't driving i'm not that irresponsible <laughs> <laughs>
1: See the four-year-old with the sippy cup yeah. and one hand on the wheel.
2: Yeah. <laughs> the officer, rules on the road. Can okay, I see some ID? What? <laughs> Slips him like a baby cookie. Kids <laughs> drinking and driving. <laughs> Appy juice.
0: Yeah. Okay. What, what kind of can go? We're, we're gonna make this even worse. Oh no! <laughs> Why does it always get worse? <laughs> it's always halfway through. There's something <laughs> worse. <laughs> the mother left the scene of the crime <laughs> with the child in the driver's seat. Oh my god. She left the child there and peaced. Oh my god. Oh, Florida. Florida. Never change. <laughs> Never change. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise I will be out of a segment. <laughs> so, thank you.
1: No, we'll have to start cutting these at like 55 minutes yeah. instead of... An hour oh, five. Florida sponsors. <laughs> we just had last five. Yeah, minutes. that's gonna be. Yeah, <laughs> Tyler's surprise headline
2: brought to you by the state of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's definitely a fake sponsor there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, well, which I'd like to mention that uh, I don't think a lot of people know this, but Marcus comes up with the fake sponsorships off the top of his head every week. They're not jokes; he finds online. Super creative, and props to you for that, man. Thanks. Well, I mean, they're not
1: off the top. Like I. Usually it takes me about a week to come up with them. (laughs) Uh, I don't just get here and improv it, but yes, I do put some thought and effort into it. So, always feels good to be heard. Thank you. Uh, Jake edits them. Uh, He doesn't contribute much when we're talking. (laughs) 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 No, no. Jake's our tech guy. We, We would not have a podcast without him. The whole thing was his idea. So, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. And there is no question about Tyler. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we, we don't, we don't have <laughs> to man-animous. bat this guy anymore. No, the,
2: <laughs> the heart of this show, the sense of humor, comes from this guy right here. <laughs> yeah. all, all the one-liners, all the jokes, all the yeah. surprise headlines, it's all him.
1: Yeah, That's what I'm here for. Yeah. 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 We all have a role, we all have a role, and we all yeah. play it pretty well. So. What happened?
0: <laughs> right now, let's just body check the referee. <laughs> Good. <laughs> you
1: They're it. basically
2: wearing Carolina Hurricanes jersey.
1: Okay, that's enough out of you. <laughs> i just,
0: just kidding, All right, Tyler, end the episode. I don't want to listen to this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, boys, we are going to wrap this one up for the week. Reminder that you can find us on Instagram at the Vancouver Boys Podcast or for any questions or sponsorships or anything, you can send us an email at vancouverboyshockey at gmail.com And, yeah, that's a wrap. See you guys next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. See you on the next one. Peace.